Welcome everybody to the All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monnier. And this is a podcast all about joy and pleasure. 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 And guess what, y'all? We got a guest today. Yes! Who we've been quietly stalking, hoping, <laughs> praying for would be on the show for some time now. Yes. You so actually really introduced want- me to Akilah's work. I did? Yeah. I think you sent me like a video, like a long time ago. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm always it came full circle. I'm always obsessively like <laughs> researching everything. Yeah. yeah. So we have actually like a legend. Yes. To me, she's a legend because I'm a homeschooler. So as a homeschooler of color, there's like very few voices that are of color and not Christian, and like all of those things. So I've definitely been familiar with Akila for a long time, but Thea, would you like to introduce her? I would, and then she can speak for herself. So, Akila Richards is an unschooling podcaster, writer, and founding board member of the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. Her work both challenges and encourages social justice-minded people to explore privilege and power in their relationships with children. In her own family, Akila, her partner, and their two daughters use unschooling as a tool for decolonizing education and liberating themselves from oppressive, exclusive systems. That is fucking beautiful. Uh, find her conversations and commentary at Fear of the Free Child podcast, where Akila supports, connects, and highlights people of color designing their own liberation through self-directed education and love-centered community building. Y'all give an all-heart welcome for Akila Richards, right? All of the above, yeah. right? Yay! Thank y'all so much, Thea and Noni, for having me in the space. Very much looking forward to the conversation. Long time coming. Yes, this is going to be amazing. For sure. So we're going to start with our heart to heart. In this part, we're just kind of saying what's on our heart. And Thea, why don't you start us off? I knew you were going to. Of course. I can tell when she looks at me, y'all, a certain <laughs> kind of way. So, I mean, y'all know I was off during summer and I became like a new human being, right? We talked about this several times. <laughs> and, you know, typically when going back into a less free setting. Is that okay? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. A, that's a nice way to say it. Okay. Um, you know, there's like the worry, will I lose this joy, this sense of self that I've created in this freer space? Um, I thought I would be more anxious about that, but it turns out I wasn't. I just kind of made up my mind that I'm just not going to lose it. And so the spaces are going to have to accommodate mm. all this, newness Mm -hmm. as we go but it's just not an option to let it go so one of the best things I learned about being about summer was being available and a friend said this to me very early on in the summer like enjoy being available being available to spirit being available to download an idea being available to think a different way or uh, learn a different practice but actually put it into practice right and so that being available has really really stuck with me um, and has in many ways, help cure me of my busy ways. I have not used my passion planner, people. I know. I still think it's an amazing tool. I do workshops on it, but I was using it quite abusively, quite pathologically. It was pimping. It was totally pimping. And I I really realized like it was a way to just calm and quiet the anxious thoughts, was writing them out. And then I felt like, okay, they have a place and I can move on. As opposed to like actually dealing with the anxious thoughts and like, Mm. you know, why am I anxious about yeah. this? Why am I worried about this? So 
I I haven't. I mean, when I opened that thing to get ready for work, I was like, it's like three blank months That's in so there with dope. nothing. It was yeah. So I would just say that that was a huge lesson, and it's not like I didn't do anything. Like the things that I did though didn't interfere with me being able to get downloads. In mm-hmm. fact, they like enhanced it. So one thing I noticed is y'all know I'm also like a yoga person, but I didn't do any yoga over December, which I thought I would be like yoga and hiking all summer. And all I did was every day got up and got my hands dirty in that garden and in that backyard. And I had like no aches and pains in my body. And I really feel like it was just like every day I got to like release, Mm -hmm. you know, into the earth and then bring up something beautiful out of the earth. And it's just constant exchange, which is also something I'm not giving up. So I still get up in the morning and I have my conversation with my plants and I water and I come home in the evening. And before I even go in the house, I take my shoes off and I go straight to my backyard. I don't. Even walk in the house. Really? I just don't want to. It's a That's lot more responsibilities waiting for me in there. So I just feel like, so, I mean, the, I, we talk a lot about um, decolonizing pleasure and joy and that busyness in people of color, which comes from a real place, right? Like, we got our asses beat if we weren't working and picking that cotton. Like, that's a real mm-hmm. ass thing. Yep. Even, like, you know, we have brothers and sisters in prison right now doing work for, doing basically slave labor. If you're not moving, you're considered lazy. You're, not, you're considered all these negative things. Yep. But really what you are is just unavailable to spirit, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that's the best gift I would say I've gotten from the summer. Noni, I know it's probably something you were trying to tell me about a thousand years ago, <laughs> but I did get it now, boo. You planted the seed. I'm so happy. Because, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I looked at that passion planner like, this is too much work. It's so much work. It's too, it I, was pretty. It's a lot of work to plan. I could diagnose myself now looking at it. I'm like, this bitch has generalized anxiety disorder, PTSD. <laughs> like, I'm looking at it like I can see all the pathology. Mm. Mm. It's good. It's good. You're now I just place. doodle. Okay. Now I use it for doodling. Akila, tell us what's on your heart today. Mm. Well, first of all, receiving all of that, because like so many people listening, you know, there's resonance, you know, Mm -hmm. connection to that. So I really am. um, I think that is a lot of what's on my heart. Just so much gratitude. Mm -hmm. So much gratitude. And I feel like people say that all the time, women, gratitude. But (laughs) But it's really specific for me right now because... Uh, there's so many things that are going on on the planet and and have been and some seem new, you know, like with the the fires that are happening Mm -hmm. in the Amazon um, or things that like the ice raids that are Mm -hmm. not new, but there's just newer attention on them. All of these opportunities for um, an understandable sense of panic and Mm -hmm. fear. um, And amid all of that, a sense of gratitude for the realization of the power of pleasure, mm-hmm. particularly in panic. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean to be connected to the knowing that I can just ritualize my life by going into the garden before mm-hmm. I step foot inside the house? Because mm-hmm. that's how I ground myself mm-hmm. so that when I'm inside the house, like, that's a moment of gratitude. And I, mm-hmm. I hear about another thing happening with a raid with a friend here in Cali, and that person knows how to root themselves in their own practices in that moment so mm-hmm. that they're not taking out those feelings on their kid yeah. um, or themselves. Yeah. Or, like I'm around a lot of that right now amidst a lot of things and I, I feel really grateful about the ways that particularly as black folks we're getting so clear on how to take care of ourselves, how to connect, how to be available mm-hmm. 
amidst the, the chaos, midst, which is yeah. like our fucking norm, unfortunately, yeah. some level of chaos. Yeah. And I think in that is also a recognition that it's been our norm. Yeah. And then subsequently a recognition that it can't continue to yes. be. And I'm grateful for that too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. What's on my heart is, um, it's connected to what you just said. Um, uh, there's definitely, uh, all our listeners know I've been in this long. <laughs> and it's, I've been in the, woo, it's, it started in the spring once my grandma transitioned. Mm-hmm. In March, it's just been the, all of these crazy things happening one after another. I think the last time we talked, I said I had been kind of a little displaced from my home. Yeah, I think your car got broken. Oh, there was a lot of things. Yeah. Mm. The last one time we checked in, <laughs> that was the, but that, that the house got another, some more flooding. There's just been so much. But um, when I look at, when I look at the Amazon, there's something I was telling our dear friend and producer, that for me, I've assumed a position of neutrality in mm. many ways. Um, looking at life, you know, there's been a, well, I had a loss of life, someone I love so much that I had known him since he was a child, like 13. And it was a, another sudden loss of life in the last couple weeks. Mm. And it's just been such a... Um, an affirmation of how neutral I am right now mm. and able to, it's very tied into what you're both saying is like able to stay available. Mm-hmm. I think that when we're in the panic, it's really hard to see the solution. Mm-hmm. You guys saw those videos of the Amazon and it raining, you mm-hmm. know, like it raining. Yeah. And, and I, I sent that to our producer and I said, you know, this is how mama earth works to mm-hmm. me. Earth doesn't go into a panic. Earth isn't, doesn't have anxiety. Earth isn't Mm. stressed out, right? Earth creates solutions Solutions. from a place of neutrality, which we talked about in your your Mm -hmm. point of view when we were talking about the ice raids and kind of this political era that we're in. Mm -hmm. But a big part of why I've been that, and I wanted to tell our listeners is because I'm, I'm having a baby. Yay! Y'all don't know how hard oh it's been. <laughs> so just hold that in. You know, I'm a sharer, y'all. <laughs> but I did good, no? You did good. <laughs> I did good. These were like, can I, but can I can tell I, a crystal? Can, can I had to. Can, can we share with Jeff Black Mamas and Jeff Black Mamas? <laughs> so yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm having a baby in the Aquarian season, mm. hopefully. And it's just been uh, six weeks after losing my grandmother, I had con- I conceived a child. And so it's been a really, uh, when my grandmother was an Aquarius, this baby <laughs> that's coming is an Aquarius. And it's just been like um, kind of a way to see that life balances itself out. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of going so deeply into my grief, because I, I was in a really, really bad place with that. But it it just immediately pulled me into the middle. Mm. And there's been like all, you know, all of this, all of these moments of grief. But one of the things that, you know, her spirit was really communicating to me this week was, you know, you're so, you've always been so weak. You know, that's how she talks mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a weakling. You know, she's like, you couldn't survive slavery. I, I was baby picking cotton. <laughs> she's always I, like, <laughs> I said, your baby lotion soft. <laughs> She was That's always real like, soft. you weak, like, you couldn't have survived without, and I'm like, you right, good, <laughs> good. 
Because I was like, I want 40 days postpartum <laughs> after every child. She's like, what? I was picking cotton a week later. I was like, and that is called slavery now. Right, which is what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. so, and I said, and that's why you were born 50 years before me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But her, her spirit was communicating, you know, I want you're supposed to be as strong as, as I am. And if you never go through anything, you won't become that strong. Like, yeah. you need this time. You need to be able to learn how to not break down mm-hmm. with every break in your life, with every challenge in your life. And, yeah, like, you know, I've always been kind of anti-black woman strong narrative, but I'm, like, really developing quite a fortitude. Yeah. And um, I think that that's from staying in the middle yeah, you know, you know how I feel about the middle. That's from staying in the middle, yeah. being like losing, uh, you know, the the person that we lost recently, like just so close to him and his brother, and his brother is just a brother to me, mm-hmm. and so being able to be present and available, mm-hmm. as you were saying, to spirit. The only way I'm able to do that is if I'm not lost in my own feelings. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like part of this conversation is Oya. Um, And we've talked about this before. Like, my experience with Oya, when people first, when I first found out I was Oya, people were like, oh, you're going to be tearing shit up. You're going to be, you know, the hurricane, Mm -hmm. the destruction. But I've known her as the eye of the hurricane, which is extremely calm. Mm-hmm. and strategic and neutral mm-hmm. because there was one point when gardening that there were these plants that were just taking over everything and I was like I don't want to take out these plants like they're a living thing like you know I got to think about that and I was being really wishy-washy mm-hmm. and the next morning oh y'all woke up and was like take out these plants or they're going to take out your garden mm-hmm. and I understood in that moment how she has to make decisions it can't be personal mm-hmm. it has to be like you're looking at this whole picture. Yeah. You're watching this whole hurricane. We're watching all of these things happen. And yet, if we can stay still enough, if we can stay in that middle, mm-hmm. then we can actually come up with, with just our minds, mm-hmm. with just our minds, things that will shift it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because um, that's the download. It's such a trust-based yes, space. Yes. Right. It really is. Right. It sounds neutral, but... It's a very trust-based yes. space. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's faith. It's it's faith to know that the Amazon will replenish. Yes. And when I see the, you know, I just, like, try to scroll past. But I see, like, it'll take 10,000 years to be able to, what do what do you know? Right, and right. And what's 10,000 years what, to? What, 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 thank what you, you. What are you basing what that are you, on? Who, who, science, who science is that? Yeah. What history is that? And, and even if that was true, that doesn't mean it's true now. Exactly. Right? Like, right. what are what is available to us in this moment yep. is beyond our comprehension. Right. So I just see so many ways in which we turn these these moments into just, this sucks. And it fucking sucks. There's a lot of things that, like, I think it's important to acknowledge it. Yes. Like, this hurts. This, this brings me pain. Like, losing, okay, I'm, I've lost this person. I'm crying. Okay. Now what? Yes. Because what do I do with me, the feelings now and how I want to feel? What do I do? Where because yeah. there's joy here too. Yeah. That's yeah. what how I do. How do I not know. assign them good or bad? Because that is what makes us dismiss them. How do I not assign this thing as more painful than this thing is joyful? Yeah. How do I know that all these things are happening by design for something that can be used to 
evolve us all. Yeah. What right? might this be for? Yeah. That's the, the question. assigning yeah. that really gets in the way of us embracing. It's true. Possible solutions. Which is not strategies. the same as saying it sucks. Right. right? We could right. do that. We can, right. we can accept that. We could recognize that. We can honor that even. Right. Yeah, I saw this, this, you know, you have like Facebook friends. You don't know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, you talk to them. You deal with them. But you don't know, you don't know their life. You don't True. know what they eat for real. You know what they've said they ate. I wouldn't know them for you. Like, we walk by. Right. right. And I'd be nervous uh, if they said hi. But I, know, right? I, I saw a Facebook friend, and she, you know, in spiritual circles, we've been in actual physical space together in women's circles, and just like a really pretty, like, evolved woman. Mm-hmm. And she recently lost her son. Mm-hmm. And her reflection on it online was peace and joy and celebration. Like, it, and that was a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, like yesterday, I was mm-hmm. laying in my bed like, I don't know. Like, no, like, like yeah. you can look at this and this and this and from a place of neutrality. But if you lost your child... And I, I, it was a learning, like, whoa, like, I was scrolling. Like, mm. I was all up in her. <laughs> I was all in her, like... Dang, like, which, what kind of faith do you work right, in? Right, right. Like, like, what what like kind of God? That was Nipsey Hussle's mom. Mm. Yes. Like, she got yes. in there and was very, was very clear about, about the fact that now my son is in a form where he has been elevated and released to do mm. beyond the work that we thought that we praise him for here. Yes. And that was immediate. It was immediate in her. And, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. There was a meditation I had to do recently and they ask that you transcend death. They ask that you go into through the process of feeling dead. What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What mm. All these different things. And then it says, keep going, keep going. And what happened is when you keep going, you realize all the worries and distractions are gone. So now you know everything. Mm. Right? Now you know how everything fits. Now you see how everything is connected on this other side. Right? How do we apply that while we're alive? Yeah. It was just very, and I think that's, that reminds me of what Nipsey's mom knew, right? Was that, well, what's beyond that? If we think it's so final, and we, I always say we live many lives and we die many deaths in yeah. different ways. We grieve different things and ideas even can be grieved, Of course, right? of course. And all yeah. of this, I think, is, we're, this all leads to unschooling, right? <laughs> For real. Because oh, yeah. Because even, even having this conversation is about unschooling how we've been taught to think about Mm-hmm. Things happening in our lives yes. about how we've been taught to respond to yes. crises in our communities, right? And having the permission to mm-hmm. think of the worst thing that could have happened to us, right? As parents, at least. And then just going off the beaten path and being able to find... Had never had never seen that res- such a small child. Like, had mm-hmm. never seen that. And to see, mm-hmm. to see that... Uh, Oh, an ascended master hmm. is the perspective. Right. Is like, yeah, like, of course. But if you're thinking want. of your child as the <laughs> mm-hmm. master, because mm-hmm. they were all, all the posts she was reposting of his life, mm-hmm. she was talking about him as her her guru, her master teacher, mm-hmm. her her ultimate connection to the Most High. Like, mm-hmm. so you already know. Like, you already like. So you're like, I know who you, you were the sage. Yeah. So now the sage has ascended. And it was, it was just a good challenge I'm for me. Sure. Like, Cause I, I want to be clear here sometimes too, like never to come off. Like I'm, I'm holy. Like, no, <laughs> like I, there's so many holes 
in what I even feel like, okay, I'm neutral here, but I am not neutral here. Yes. I am. I, there, and that's there. real. We're dynamic. Yeah. We are, you know, feeling centered. You know, we were talking about that earlier, how in so many spaces, including and particularly education, the feeling aspect of how we are is omitted or oppressed, mm-hmm. you know, or otherwise shamed or lessened. But in that space of trust, in that space of faith, is a whole lot of feeling, a whole lot of connection to, as you said, the reality that in some spaces I'm not neutral. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to see a lesson in what this woman was showing me Mm -hmm. by saying that her child was an ascended master and that served me in a way. Because if I was busy saying, no, I'm neutral about everything, I wouldn't even get that lesson. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, okay, main topic. That was. Well, this feels like I was saying right into the main topic. And so, I would like to take a second for Akila to just kind of like, for audience members who have no idea what we're talking about when we say unschooling, can you give us, like, what does that mean? Because you expanded that for me, even though I listened to the podcast. Listening to you talk yesterday at my house was like, that took it to an even deeper level than I had thought of initially. So I would love uh, a working definition from you and then we can kind of go into mm-hmm. yeah. how we've all experienced the lack thereof in our <laughs> journeys. Yes, and what we can do about it. Yes. Um, so broader than unschooling for starters, right, to scaffold it a little bit, um, is self-directed education, mm-hmm. right, SDE. You'll hear me talk a lot about SDE, which is learning that doesn't center schooling. That's Mm -hmm. all it means. It means that the focus, the priority, the understanding, the lens is that learning is natural and that schooling is a thing. It's one way to access information, but it's not learning. It's not education. Like we conflate the two. So self-directed education is learning that is chosen by the person Mm -hmm. being educated even, and maybe particularly, if it's not labeled educational. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So that's Especially if you're talking, well, anyone, not just children. Not just children. All of, that's the all thing. All of us love to learn without it being labeled as Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and thank you so much for that um, point of clarification, Noni, because SDE and then unschooling, which I'll talk about a little bit, they're, they're not things that you do to your children. Mm-hmm. They're things that you do. Right, mm-hmm. oftentimes because of your relationships with your children. So, Marley and Sage, my daughters, are not, Chris and I aren't unschooling them. The four of us are an unschooling family. Mm-hmm. So, to back up, so self directed education is the broader umbrella, and under self directed education are varying forms like unschooling, which is the one that I'm most familiar with. There's also um, agile learning, that's another model. You have these ALCs, agile learning centers, all over the world that has a very um, social justice and communal-centered approach to being in an intentional learning community, right? It says we have these agreements as humans together, um, and we're getting together for the purpose of cultivating living and of which learning is a part. What agreements make sense here? Um, they often use a, a sociocratic model that, that says essentially when you're making agreements, is it good enough for now? Is it safe enough to try? You know, for mm-hmm. a short time, then what does it look like to pivot? It's not consensus-based because 
that has its own form of oppression because who's you know who's the model for what mm-hmm. the for what the consensus is mm. whose voices are silenced inside consensus oftentimes right. Mm-hmm. Right. so that's one model then there's another one the Sudbury model um, which is consensus based that one is a like they're often called democratic free schools so the children mm-hmm. run those they make mm. all of the decisions my personal opinion is that that shit ain't liberation work. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm part of a larger organization that, right. um, but and that's what's beautiful about SDE. I don't have to get it because everything ain't for everybody. Right, right. My kids, you know, they're not, they're not in a position to make certain decisions. Right. Just like I'm not with certain right. things. Right. right. That's just what's real. Interesting. Yeah, but for mm-hmm. many other families, that model works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are, and then you have. All sorts of offshoots, like I love talking about in Atlanta, there's the Anna Julia Cooper Learning and Liberation Center. That is an unschooling collective. It's not a school, it's a co-op, actually. Mm -hmm. They're structured like a cooperative, a community co-op run on a black queer feminist politic. Mm -hmm. So those are the parameters. If you don't fuck with that, then don't come to the school. (laughs) If you do, then here are the details about (laughs) Right. And I love that because so much of education has been colonized to, to standardization, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in SDE, it says, no, nah, nigga, we gonna do what makes sense for us in our right. group, and we Period. play with others if and when that makes sense for us because if we got this burning house right here, right. I'm not saying we're all the same. I right. don't care that we're all humans if I'm right. in peril and you're yes. not. yes. Ultimately, maybe I'll get to that point. Maybe my thriving doesn't even live inside of your politic, mm-hmm. and maybe that's okay. But the way we figure that out is to self-direct, to self-organize. Mm-hmm. So that's what SDE is. What my family does is unschooling because that is my definition of that is a, a love-centered, liberation-minded way of relating to each other, specifically in an adult-child dynamic. So it says that I partner with Marley and Sage, who are 15 and 13, and Chris, my partner, partners with them too, and we make decisions collaboratively. Um, Their perspectives help inform the decisions that we make about our lives. They know how much money we have in our bank account. They were. Yeah. They, <laughs> they decided. Did, did they know early on or they know now? Uh, they knew earlier on because even when, if we were signing a lease somewhere, we would say, yeah, this, we're choosing this area for these things, including pricing, uh, you know, and, and because we're nomadic, we're in different cities and With countries. Prices, and so, yeah. yeah. And so early on, they, they needed to be able to make informed decisions. So they would need to know, oh, we can get something a little bit more here in terms of housing because food costs a lot less in this place because we know a farmer here as opposed to here where we got to go to motherfucking Trader Joe's mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. You know, so all of those specifics came organically, not because we were structuring their learning, but because we live together and everybody got to eat and this is and, what income and you're is. And be, you're being transparent. And you're being transparent. Yeah. And, and we're not simulating life experiences for them. We're living together. So they need to know these things for real, not in theory, not to get it right on the test, but to like actually know how to do it. I feel like a thousand black mamas <laughs> over the age... Of like, I don't know what. Like, let me think. Like anybody for sure who 
who got adult children at this point has just lost their mind. <laughs> like the idea. <laughs> like for me, I'm when I hear a lot of this stuff, I'm like, these are things I wish I knew. I would have totally made a different decision early on mm-hmm. with, with my daughters. Um, because I've incorporated things as they've gotten older, but I definitely would have I didn't know how I didn't know how unfree I was younger. Same. Right. Yeah. And I started young. My my I had my children when I was twenty three. But baby, I'ma tell you, I just just thinking about the mums I know through the through the South, through the Midwest. <laughs> First of all, they would tell me that's some California shit. That's what, just because I'm from California, they would come with me with that shit. You know, that's some LA shit. But I but people really have and in my partnership and in my marriage, he's had a hard time with me telling them our children are human beings. Yeah. Like this is we don't own anything. Like this is not this is and even that, like, has just been such a concept of when people think about children, they think about ownership. Yeah. Therefore, when they think about themselves, they think about ownership. When they think about their relation to each other as partners, they think about ownership. Yeah. When they think about working for a job, they think about being owned. It's just, it permeates, this idea of ownership permeates Absolutely. so many things. It's kind of a trip, you know, when you're talking and describing it, I realize how much of what you're describing is how my mom raised me and how that was a big point of contention with her mother. Mm. You're telling her too much, like you're yes. exposing her to too many things. She's a single mom, she only had me. So yep. I did know how to get an apartment when I was 13. Like yeah. I, I knew mm-hmm. how to, what, what a lease was. I knew, mm-hmm. I, I knew what credit score was. I knew what, I had a bank account. Yep. I knew all of these things that she had walked me through. Yeah. But she didn't, you know, walk me through it from the vantage point of I'm a single mom and you got to learn. Yeah. But it was more like we're roommates. Right. This mm. is what's happening in our actual life yes. right now. And she yes. would say, but there was parts of it. And I want to ask you this. Like, yeah. there were parts of it that I did feel sometimes like I felt in over my head. Yes. Like, mm. man, like I didn't want to know how broke All we were. This. So that's right. the now difference that's, yeah. between yeah. it being something that we do from a space of um survival or not or not from a more conscious space. I was also raised by a single mom. It was me and my brothers and my mom will say the same thing. We grew up together basically. She right. had me at nineteen. My grandmother raised me for about seven years and then same. moved over. Yeah. Um and even then, you know, my grandmother same. and I just had yeah. It was like, I was like, oh yeah. I had to get to know my mom, but my grandma was like, my people's um and she's still around fortunately in South Florida. Um but the difference is my mother was doing that stuff from a space of it wasn't deliberate life design. You Got know what it. I'm saying? With yeah. so she was venting. Yes. She was uh, yeah. angry. She yeah. was all those understandable things. Yeah. Whereas when I'm doing it, it's deliberate life design. So the parts where I'm frustrated about what whatever other deeply personal shit I'm not giving that to my children the same way I'm not giving it to you the first day that we meet because we're having a different conversation mm-hmm. very different mindset so it doesn't mean that you're not discerning it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that your your kid is not your bestie it it's not that now and you don't have empower it's a difference between how white spaces tend to look at unschooling, mm-hmm. making it some uh, California yeah, I wanna, shit. Yeah, I, wanna, yeah. I want uh-huh. you to come with this part. Yeah. This is the yeah. part I can't yeah. fuck with. Yeah. So come on. The difference <laughs> is that what a lot of white families that, that I've encountered or read about or whatever the hell, they are coming from a space where they, meaning the adults, 
give up their power from a space of frustration. So they're dealing with school wounds or personal wounds with their kid, and it's like, oh, they just want to be free. So freedom means you do whatever. You talk to people mm -hmm. like you don't have any sense. So if you talk to your parents like that, then, of course, you talk to other people right. like that. Our idea, and by our, I mean by POC, black, indigenous, people of color, because those are the communities that I get to be part of, whether short-term or mm -hmm. I live that. Our, our perspective of freedom is not encroaching on other people. Right. It isn't, it isn't right. devoid of responsibility. Right. Or respect. Or re and to me, respect is a huge part of responsibility, yeah. Yeah. right? Because we're living together in community, whether it's two of us or 32 of us. And if you talk to me like I'm crazy, I'm a lot less inclined to, you know, like humanize your needs and shit, right? No matter who you are. No matter because who you are. Because it's still about negotiating relationships. It's and relationships. It this is, so this is the thing, too, I like. Parents are not objects either. No. Because we can be objects, you know? We can feel like an object to our Absolutely. children. Absolutely. So in this, Guilt. it's like... It's like, you know, we can have... This is a relationship that you, as the child, are also responsible for maintaining. Yeah. Like, treat... Treat me well. Yeah. I treat you well. Yeah. This is how this works. But talk to me crazy. Yeah. And I'm not offering. And this is what happens in a lot yes. of our households where, you know, I, I'll, my girls know, like, I'll apologize for some shit that Absolutely. happened in the moment, which is also me saying that shit will happen in the <laughs> moment. Yes, yes. Because I'm Akila first. I'm your mom, like, third or fourth. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what's real. Yeah. So if we're in relationship yeah and it's tricky because i grew up in a very traditional british caribbean household and i'm of that mind not only did i grow up, up like that i am schoolish minded i survived by being mm -hmm. a really good student mm -hmm. it was yes. the, you know yeah. as an immigrant it was the the language that yes. i spoke um so living with two free people <laughs> do you always talk about this it's yeah it means that I'm constantly, and Chris is constantly, <laughs> dealing with the reality that we are oppressed people, learning how to be free, raising free people. So they challenge shit that we do, and then we come back with some old Jamaica. Oh, we have to, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. What? You know yeah. flipping yeah. on that, and then seeing how that is not just how black people deal with it's their not. parents. That shit is just a, a reaction yeah. to trauma. Right, yeah. that hasn't been addressed. Like how my mother dealt with me isn't because that was the best way, and that's just how black people do it. Right, it's because she oh, was yeah. raising three children a switch, by a, ourselves. A switch, a switch is not the best way. It though. is not the best it way. It may have worked to them. Right, but it is not no. the best way now. It isn't. I want a, an actual relationship with my daughters, which means that they need to know actual me, and I need to know actual them. I curse, like that's a part of my communication. You know, we, we I don't celebrate very early, it. You and I, Keila, we exactly. Very early. That's I have body art. I have, you know, all of these things that are so, you know, that people hide, mm -hmm. hide, mm -hmm. or or as a parent, you're supposed to be an example or a model. It's like I'm a person, and then I had babies, yeah. right? So what does it mean for us to live together? For you to know that I say nigga and motherfucking like every fourth sentence yes, yes. but I'm I, and it doesn't mean that I'm less intelligent than right. five years ago when I was a lot more schoolish and I spoke like this often because I thought that that's what was professional what right. but now I realize that as colors like, what that. I mean yeah now I'm putting patois in the mix you don't yeah. understand you need to ask yeah. you know like <laughs> like the, those <laughs> yes. Yes. those switches yeah 
are, are a result of living with free people, you mm-hmm. know, and them saying things like, why would I need to learn how to read? And me saying for these three reasons and them being like, bet, I, I get it. I think that that's important. Okay, so me, I'm a homeschooler, right? Yeah. I didn't choose to homeschool. So my my partner chose that. Mm. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to do. I'm from an educated education educators. Mm. All of my people are educators. So I was like, "Oh, 3 years old. Time to hit that preschool, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Time to give me a little break in." Yeah. Yes. You know, but then we kind of you know, life had different plans for us. Like we get to the preschool, my child already knows how to read because I come from I come from this educator background yep. that as soon as he could talk, they yep. were like, you better same. You better teach your baby how to read. Yep. And so I was like, okay, you're going to read. You're two. Time to learn same. how to read. Yep. So by the time he was three and trying to go to a Waldorf school, yep. they were like, you can't come in here because your child can read. Yes. And I was like, what the fuck is and wrong with this place? we could talk about these Waldorf and Montessori's too. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, it's like... <laughs> He can't come because you know because he's gonna kind of change the the vibe in here. Like this is not what we want, Mm -hmm. and you know, no no shade to them. Yeah, that's that was their that that was like what they were functioning. That's their mind frame. Yes, that's their community and how their community functions. And then you know, my partner was like, "We're gonna homeschool." And I was like, that sounds like I'm going to homeschool. <laughs> right. Translation. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds like, I said, you want to homeschool? Go ahead. Have a good time. Yeah. I'll see y'all after school. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> what I know is from this time to this time, I'm free. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but over the years and, and having three children and, you know, I've, we've become more and more unschoolish. Mm-hmm. It started off so schoolish, yeah, and we've become more and more led by them because mm-hmm. of the kind of people that we decided to bring. Yes, so I'm a I'm a rebellious human being. I found another uh, even more rebellious human being than myself, <laughs> which is damn near impossible. <laughs> and but you did it, bitch. <laughs> yes, but it was kind of like he was like, "How are you gonna home birth?" And eat, Homeless. eat from the land. And then, and then send them, yeah, yeah, yo. Yeah, like, how are you going to do all this outside shit, outside the system, and then be like, okay, go ahead, right? And that's real, because that's what a lot of us do. We are the most, like, power to the people, This, it, da, 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 da. but then when it comes to our kids in schooling, yeah. no shade. It's like, yeah, but... Yeah, no, but I was in is, corporate America eating in yeah. and out at the time that I was having my kids. <laughs> So bitch wasn't ready at all. <laughs> but I just want y'all to know. But one thing I did notice is like one of the decisions we made early on, I've talked about this before, I don't know if on the podcast, but that we decided not to talk to our children about slavery. Mm. It was something that like we both were like, you know what? Like, why? Like if we're gonna homeschool them, why? And then their homeschool community, I just told all the other moms. Tell them not to bring that shit up. Like, <laughs> like, I couldn't, I literally, like, am the God of your life. Yeah. You know? Like, so don't bring it up. And when it comes up, it comes up. Like, but we didn't talk to them about race. We didn't talk to them about uh, the color they were. Mm. It was a very deliberate decision that we made to not talk about that you're black mm. until they were, like, my eldest was maybe five or yeah, six. Yeah, I remember, I don't remember it coming up with my kids just naturally until... You know, until they came into contact with kids who weren't. 
Exactly. That's when it. That's when we had to. That's when we had to talk about it, and we had to talk about race. And but but we haven't even. I think my eldest knows about slavery because he reads so many books. Mm -hmm. But I remember I was like, "Hey, have you read this book?" You know, he he just reads like all day, right? So that's how the the point of like we become more unschooled. Yeah, because you're you're giving him the space to do what he wants to do. Yeah. So it's like okay, and I'm going through his books, and I'm like, "Hey, did you read this book?" He's like, "Oh no, no." I was like, why not? Because he's like, there's no books on the shelf. Buy me some more, right? So I'm like, I'm like, we ain't buying shit Right, what about this one? What about this (laughs) one? I took that book out. And then he was like, oh, they start talking about that black and white stuff. Mm. (laughs) I was like, the black and white stuff? And then I looked at the back and I was like, oh, slavery. (laughs) And he said, I didn't want to know about all that. Mm. I didn't know. I wasn't interested. And I was like, you don't want to talk about it? He's like, nah, Why? Like it, it yeah. does it feel bad? He's like, yeah, it feels bad. I was like, okay, we'll talk about it another time. Yes. Like, you know, but that kind of decision, I'm bringing it up to say, like, I know even a lot of homeschoolers and a lot of black educators, mostly like friends from online, that are like, why would you do that? Like, mm. why? Like, it seems almost when black and brown folks decide, people of color decide to homeschool, it's this really history based social justice like we gonna teach you how to be free and it doesn't that shit don't feel free no no and i love that you said that because that gives so many of us particularly black mamas permission to feel that out loud too because it's like okay i am birthing a black kid so already just for them to exist here is gonna be a struggle we know what happens with black mothering from pregnancy like we know Mm -hmm. what happens with you know black maternal health and Mm -hmm. mortality and all of that so you have this kid and that's the that's the first struggle to even get to that point where you can have this baby healthy and then you put them inside of this system right right? and that's its its own other thing to navigate that or you take them out or whatever but when you make that decision oftentimes to to take them outside of the system it's just, it's another form of oppression because now you are the person in it's charge in to the system yes yeah. yes so yeah. it's still centering it right and now Absolutely. you're going to focus so much of your life and your energy your life force your interests in something that really isn't it's really just this systemic idea of a, what the process of learning should look like i think that's also part of though the, you know, I don't know if y'all went through this, but I remember going through my black face and like finding <laughs> out I was black, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know. I want to say like seven, six or seven when I really started to understand it. I was pretty young when I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. I became extremely militant at a that's, young age. That's everybody. Everybody's interested. Yes, because that's how we try to force feed the girls. I, I feel like when you come into it, <laughs> because it, especially through thinking about traditional education, because I was educated in the traditional education yeah. system as well, you're so not talked about, you're so excluded from the conversation of what you're learning that when yes. you start to get any information about yourself, you go hard. You know what I'm saying? Of and, course. And, then, and we know it's excluded. We know like there's ways to totally, t- I mean, we built this shit. So we should be in the information from math to religion to science and yes. everything. But we're just excluded. And so I think when you first start getting it, you know, parents, their first fear is that their kid is not learning anything about themselves. Yeah. And they start to pull from these places to give them information about themselves. I do think there becomes a moment, hopefully, because, you know, we know people who have not got to that moment, but there, there should become a moment 
when you do realize you're, it's not freedom because you're still discussing your blackness in relation to whiteness. Yes. And so I, I find this is true in the conversation about artists as well. Whenever there's an artist, a black artist is doing something and people are super critical about it, I'm like, you just want them to do certain a certain way because they're a black artist. Yep. But actually, they're an artist. They're an first. artist, yeah. So they should be able yeah. to create whatever they want. And I, in a similar, in this case, I think it's just, this is where decolonizing joy and pleasure comes in because getting us to the idea that we have the right to be actualized individuals, regardless of how we came here, like don't, no matter what we what vessel we chose mm-hmm. to be here. I do believe my vessel chose, I chose, my spirit chose a black woman who likes tattoos and all, and all these things mm-hmm. for a reason. Whatever work I'm supposed to do, this yeah. is the best vessel. Yep. However, I'm not limited to that in terms of what I'm supposed to accomplish or right. think of and or I imagine. define it. Right, I exactly. define it completely. I still get to define it. I still yes. get to decide what it is. So even when my aunt's like, why you wear your hair so nappy or only bad yes. girls get tattoos, I'm like, yeah, I mean, yes. well, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's that freedom piece. Look like a little African boy. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> yeah like, baby. So yeah, baby. Like, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> so cute. So I think, that, I think that's like a part of the... <laughs> we have to We have to push through. We have to push through that initial like. <gasps> yes, and that's know, what and, a lot of my work is is centered on. That's why I love that I, we get to go to different communities and have these conversations. Like the breakfast we're doing in Inglewood on the thirty first. Mm-hmm. It's the second year that a group of by POC folks are good. Akila's in LA. Yeah, let's do this those breakfast. Are those, are, those are the homies. Yeah. Shout out to the those homies. I know y'all listening. Yes. I know y'all listening. Priscilla, Tiffany, Laurie, <laughs> Yes. yes. But you've said that. You've talked about how, like, you've wanted your kids to read, like, Audre Lorde. Right? Yes. And they're like, and we want to listen to K-pop. They would get so frustrated, like, Mom, you can make everything about, like, slavery and black people. That's how they <laughs> were when they were that. younger. And But now, now, they're, like, the biggest, you know, Marley's whole thing is about cultural appropriation and how, like, everything ever came from black music, and they out here acting like they reinvented the shit and right. blah, 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 blah. But see, she got there on, <laughs> on her, her own. own. She got, got And that's own. the difference. And that's, that's that kind trust. of arrival. You know, I, I, I think about this, too, because whatever you said the word centering, yeah, the centering is the choice, right? You're, you're making the choice of what you center. Yeah. Our family chose to center chakras and meditation and qigong. Yeah. This is what we decided to center. When they're old enough, like they're getting, the the eldest, of course, is getting to the age of saying what he wants to center. Mm -hmm. And he's being really clear. Like, I will for sure sit down and do math with you for 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. I'll do it with you. That's cool. But we got to do it together. Because one, I realized like, oh, my son centers relationships. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so this is like really what's most important to him. And so one, like, I want you to know math. That's just something I want you to know. I think it's important. So hey, you know, let's sit down and do it together. Yeah. And I remember people asking, like, why are you... Because I would the first year, I wrote all the answers for him Yeah. in his book. Like, you know, we're a part of a charter here, so there's a different thing, you yeah. know. That, right, I'm learning that about yeah. Cali. Uh-huh. So you have, if you want to be a part of a charter, you have to turn in samples. Yeah. So it would be like, okay, like, I'm going to... This sounds was all in my writing. Yeah. <laughs> but because you don't give a shit about that. You're, you're looking no. at the larger thing of the relationship. The fact that you use that word, Noni, most of us 
we're not centering relationship, we're centering schooling. So we put studenthood before our actual relationship. So the fact that you know. But that took homeschooling to know. Yes. I didn't know that that's what homeschooling was going to give me. Yeah. Like I said, I was a reluctant homeschooler. And for many people, it doesn't. You're, that's it's, not, it's, yeah. And now I'm like, they said today, can we homeschool forever, like the rest of our <laughs> life? And I was like, well, I don't know if you guys will want to go to college. Yeah. You might want to go there. They're like, you can't teach us college. <laughs> no. And by the time we get there, you won't even need me for that. But I, I think this distinction is really important as you talk about the centering, mm-hmm. right? Like, so the reason people say this to us all the time too, especially as island people, like, what? You know, you know, like you're not focusing on these things and your kids need to know this. Or even you said, you know, my kid needs to know math. That's important for right. me. The reason why for us, the the centering there was no like old enough for centering because they're complete. Like they, their centering uh-huh. will look different than mine. Like I could center meditation uh-huh. and you know relationships with food and movement. I could do that, and then I live with Marley and Sage, so that they, they have access to those tools. Right. But in unschooling, we would never center it for the whole family mm-hmm. because. The structure of centering is emergent. It's 100% emergent. I, we, Chris or I wouldn't put parameters around it. It would emerge, and then we would be able to see, as mm-hmm. we've seen over time, oh, Sage likes personal space. You know, we were used to Marley, who's, like, all over the place. She likes to be around people. That's our first kid. One of Sage's first sets of words was personal space, Mar, mm-hmm. because she needed, like, personal space, Mar. Mm-hmm. And so then we started, then because of that, our family started to look at, okay, what does it mean to be alone together? If Sage wants to be in the sunroom, mm-hmm. Marley, can you be in the playroom and that be okay? Like, mm-hmm. will you die? You know, <laughs> that. you know, so then we started looking at self-governance. So that's how self-governance became a core value because how could we all be happy alone together without feeling like one person is dragging on the other? Mm-hmm. Math, for example, is something that when Marley was younger, she liked workbooks. So when we went to the bookstore, that's what she picked. Sage would never pick it. So we would never force her for under any circumstances mm-hmm. to sit with math because we think it's important. So how, so I, you know, I know people ask you that all the time yeah. because math is the thing that people are always like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Math and science. Yeah, yeah. you can, un- I actually, you know, science is the subject that we actually are, is purely unschooled mm. in, in, as I homeschool right Yeah. Now. So science is because, but it's because my children are scientists. Yeah. They're always like, doing their own experiments. They're like in a STEM class. They're obsessed with it. They requested. Once my my son found out about STEM classes, like robots, he was like, take me to the place where they build robots. Yeah. So would he need math in what he does? Yes. Right. So then that's, that's a different thing. It's a it's like aligned with his be an engineer. Yeah, you you love engineering. Yeah. You love being a musician. You Which love is not the same thing as saying I as a parent think math is important so you're going to learn it. That's not the same to me cuz he's learning math but he's connected to that type of work and world. Right. So like he's learning math in a way that is not coercive. And it's not just because you think math is important. 
right? It's because it's important to what he I, does, too. I feel it's important because of what he wants. Right, which is not so the if same. So you, if you want to be a musician, he's clear. As soon as he could talk, yeah. he said, I'm here to do music. Yeah. That's the first thing But I want to make it clear because I don't want somebody to listen to this and be like, uh-huh, math is important for me, too, so I'm going to keep pushing my kid because for because yours is connected to him. You Got have it. a whole relationship with this whole-ass person, and you know about that interest as a result of the relationship that continues to bloom with your son. Okay, so I have a... I'm sorry, it's getting yeah. so specific. That's but okay. I think this other is people, useful, yeah. So, like, my other son, you know, he's not the reader that this son is. He, he's just as good at it. Mm -hmm. But he's not interested in just picking up a book, yeah. right? And so it's not something I force... I'm like, okay, like we're having reading time. You can read or write or draw. Like yeah. it's up to you. This is a quiet time because, yep. because we're talking about what we all need, right? Yep. I need quiet time. Yeah. This two year old needs nap. That means y'all need to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you we want? live in community together and that's what it looks like. Usually yes. he chooses to draw. Recently he's chosen to write. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh wow, your brother who loves to read hates to write. Yeah. And I don't for you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, but sometimes it's hard to know, really, from that schoolish. Right. Point Are they of view. getting enough? Should I be? That's doing my biggest this? fear. Yeah. But what well, what we should remember is that the design of the system, it's so it's such a typical fear. And I hope that's useful to to help you get rid of the shit. It's such a typical fear. The whole system is rooted in us as human beings being really sure that most likely we're not enough. Mm. Can I so what I so there's a book called Ishmael that you know I love. Yeah, yeah. You put and, me into that um, I think it's in my Ishmael where he talks about his ideal school, mm -hmm. right? What it would look like, ideal education. And he describes it as a fair. And at the fair, there's like a booth for learning to be a music musician, learning to be a doctor, learning to be whatever, like make up your own thing, right? And there's an adult there who is not there to teach you how to do it, but you can watch them as they're doing the thing and ask questions yeah. and add your own twist. And he's like, this is what school will look like. It would not look like being separated from the adults around you for right. eight hours a day. They're facilitators. It would look like being together. Yeah. And then as they watch you do things and they ask questions, they figure out more about what they like, don't like, and what they, they want to do. And they tell you what they need to learn. Like some kids will want five workbooks and a specific mentor. Yeah. That's gonna, and then another one is like, I don't want that. I don't want, yeah. But what I hear you saying with the math and the engineering thing is if on this, if that child wakes up at, like say your oldest says, I want to be an engineer, um, at some point, they're going to have to learn some math. Now, you don't, you don't even have to think about that because it's a part of, it's gonna come so up. So it'll come up very naturally and organically. Yes. And you don't even have to think about so it. So the focus shifts from you being enough or not enough to you being present enough, available enough to be like, oh, I'm hella good at math. This kid's into this thing. I got it. Or I hate math. My partner loves it. So he's gonna be working with him or she's gonna be working with him on these times. So the enoughness, the more you de school, the more you recognize that, that sense of not enoughness for what it is. It's just a symptom of colonization. It's yeah. not true or real because the reality is you could never give them enough, but you could be available enough to recognize what they need and support them in that. And there are things you're going to miss. I guarantee we mm -hmm. all will. 
So if we know that, yeah, there's, there's that a comforting space yeah. As, yeah, again, yeah. that trust space. Right. Like, like I tell my yeah. kids, I'm gonna pay for your first six sessions of therapy. So then I don't right, have to worry I about it know. emotionally <laughs> scar you or not. The shit is taken care of. But the other thing that that makes me think of is um, that takes a lot of trust. And I think in this society that we live in, yeah. a big part is. When are you an adult, right? So yeah. we mark adulthood at 18. He just asked me, Prince just asked me that. Yeah. Uh, when are you an adult? So, mm. so you know, in this society, it's like, you know, we mark it at 18. Yeah. And at 18, you're expected to magically be able to completely contribute to the society in and a And a year way. before that, somebody was telling you when to go pee. Right. And, so, and not preparing you because they weren't releasing any, they weren't switching from being the parent who supplies things no. to slowly teaching you to it's dive and hard manage things. It's a transition and the shit is because painful. We're not, we're, because up until that point, we treat them like we own them. And that was like, well, you're on your own. I gave you enough, but you didn't teach me anything about Thank you. how you got these things. So I'm, I think about a big part of parents' pressure in like, will you know this in time? Will you know enough, yes. right? Is we don't imagine that our kids could be, and we don't make room for, like, what would it look like for the kid to be 24 and still 25 and still in this community mm-hmm. as they figure out what they want to do, as they figure out the path that they want to pursue, right? It's really in this society, like, okay, right, 18, 19, 20, you got to go because then I'm going to live my life. Yes. But if you were living your life with your kids, alongside them, if you had those, to stop, those you wouldn't be in such a rush yes. for them to move out of your you space. You would see that as a right? very separate thing from yeah. actual living that was put there by systemic coercive yes. education to make each of us, the adult and the child, a consumer in very specific ways. And a worker. So the point of the 18, yeah. though, is this society, I always say, needs slaves. And so it needs a worker. Yes. So the point is that by 18, you will be a useful part of this work. Yeah, and your parents could to... also have been a worker that whole time because they're yeah, you're for somewhere. Sure. They were. They put you somewhere. For sure. And that's what you do and making and sure you could you're do not, it too. You're yeah. not, they weren't good parents if you can't be a good worker. Yeah. Right? So this yeah. is so. I, I want to speak right here. Yes. You know, one of the things that's really come up, you know, in having, saying, I'm having a fourth child. Like, there's a reaction very much from other moms, like, whoa, like, that's a lot. Like, yeah, like, and you're going to homeschool. It feels like there's a competition between living your life and being a parent. Yes. You know, and I feel even sometimes uh, in professional spaces, like a sense of uh, like I need to be quiet about it. Like Absolutely. all of these things, it's right? not respected. It's not no, yeah. but a lot of it comes from, and we will do an episode on this. To me, it was like feminism and <sighs> white feminism, and like white feminism yeah. for <laughs> sure. That says that yeah. there's this, um, there's there's your life, and then there's motherhood, mm-hmm. and that motherhood pulls from this life, yeah. right? And one of the things I find myself talking about all the time when people say like homeschooling, wow, I don't know how you do it, and I'm like. Well, the actual part where we're homeschooling, it's only like a couple hours. Like, <laughs> it's not much. It's not much. Like the part where we're sitting down, but all the rest. Like I realized this summer, I was like, we're not doing none of that stuff. Mm. You guys can do whatever you want this <laughs> summer, 
And like my children have turned into Stanley Kubrick, like <laughs> fucking, yes. like they're like these like Spike Lee. They're like yes. these incredible filmmakers, all kind of learning all kind of editing, editing tricks. They, they which gives you so much space too, oh, and right? I've, I've been living my thank my, you my best because this is life. what happens. You live together. You live, and I love how we started with this idea, as you mentioned, about the trust based space because that's so much of what it is. It's saying, if we are ourselves together, and I know that I'm sharp, I'm aware, I'm discerning, I want the best for these people, and I want them to want the best for themselves, how the fuck is that not enough? Mm. And I'm me doing this in in this community with these resources as my present self, available for downloads and connections and shit that a book can't show me. Again, yeah. going back to these spiritual things that we yeah. know how to do, going into your garden, um, going from this middle space and honoring that and knowing that the planet knows how to replenish. This is spiritual work that you get the space to do when you're not so busy being an extension of a school system for your kid. That's how come you transition from homeschooling to unschooling because if your children are completely on board for a couple hours of math, they appreciate it, they value it, that is unschooling. Unschooling isn't devoid of those things. It's non-coercive, right? So if you're not- Because they're on board. They are on board. And the minute they say that they're not, if you honor that, not by saying, okay, honey, but by saying, let's talk about why. Yeah. That is also still because, unschooling. Because it, it's a, it's a, the, the, the person holding the key to the prison is also imprisoned. Yes. So the, and that's what we don't get. Yes. The moment that I'm trying to force you to do, because we've been there, <laughs> force you to do so these, have we. these writing things that you don't want to do, copy work, because that's what Charlotte Mason said you're mm-hmm. supposed to do. <laughs> Now you beefing with your actual yeah, human. I'm beefing with you. And they're not trusting you and you're not trusting them. And, and that goes back to the description of unschooling. That's not love. Thank so you. this yes. brings everything brings <laughs> like I'm sitting here listening to what you're talking about and I'm like, I remember when I and I Noni was around me. I remember that when I made the decision to not just like want to be loved or to love people, but to become love. Mm. And that meant, that really meant not holding anybody in that way to give to give everybody the space to feel completely loved and accepted as they are yeah which is the only way we can have true intimacy and that's what we don't know how to do in community particularly as black folks because so much of our existence has been either indirectly like the people Mm -hmm. who raised us Mm -hmm. or socially from all the Mm -hmm. narratives or schooling has been from this survivalist space. Absolutely. So this this decision to say, no, I'm not going to push slavery down my kid's yeah. throat as the connection to blackness, or I'm going to make sure that they know that. And yet that in it, that, though, we should be able to find that the, if we get to the root of it, yes, yeah. it looks like a wound, and yes, it looks like struggle, but what is the core of that even? Love. You want them to be Exactly. Safe. You want them so to feel love. So even in your anger. So even, but if we don't, Crack it open and say, I get that you're doing this from a place of love. Yeah. And what is around that, though, yep. is fear. Yes. But right? I, I, wanna, I want you to talk a little bit about the girls because I feel like, Thea, how you deal with your children's education is very, um, you're, no matter what you bring home here, 
we we rocking with you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I have never seen you. I, I've known. You've known, known since the baby. I've known the them belly. since <laughs> the baby was in the belly. So <laughs> I've never seen you be like you have to perform. You have to do this. You have to do that. Even in the last year or two. You've been really tapping into what does it look like for them now yeah. that they're going into high school or they're in high school. What is their college? Do they need to go to college? Mm-hmm. Is it Those questions we need to and be asking. You know, yes. you, you really are, when we're talking about them, and we've been talking yeah, about them for, for so many years. Their whole life. Their whole life. It, I've, never, I've never seen you trying to make them be a thing. Like, that is yeah. one thing I've witnessed, like, You've always been like, and, and I want to bring that up because we've talked a lot about, we're, we're two people that are having, you're doing self-directed education. Mm-hmm. I identify as a homeschooler, mm-hmm. like, but you're not, no. right? And so, but I think Great that point. the yeah. way that you are are facilitating your home is very much, very similar. And to you that. wanted to talk about that, Thea, right? Like yeah. the different ways that for people, you mentioned earlier, for folks who are um, in school, mm-hmm. right? And their children are in school, you know, what I hear Noni asking about us to really touch on is what does that look like? Yeah. Are there ways that we can practice liberation work yeah. when they are inside of that system? You know, yeah. I, I definitely, like, I when I listen to you all talk, I feel like intuitively, like you said, Noni, I've mothered that way, though I didn't know about the options available. That's why I feel like if I knew of those yeah. options... Mm-hmm. I probably definitely would have been like, let's yeah. do this, you know? You would have started one some of the shit main, yeah. <laughs> Yes, one of the main chains I think that have prevented me, which is the, what I would like to like help people who are in traditional and maybe want to transition, is the, the idea of money as the barrier, mm-hmm. right? Like to really be able to say that like, even the, the illusion of what your family has to look like, of having one home that yep. you stay in all the time, or yep. like, all these things can really trigger like loosening all the ties on the entire family. I can mm-hmm. see how all of it happens. I think for me, my parents never told me who I had to be. I was very self-driven in school because it was a very it was it was the space where I felt very I had control. Mm-hmm. Um, so school was never forced on me in a way, neither was religion in a way that was like Oh, it must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad's from Panama, which is surprising. I don't know nobody. Yeah. And my dad's from Panama. But mm. they never were, were rigid with me about who I had to be. And so it definitely, you 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 known Grammy, my mm. mom, you yeah. know. So it never, it for me, it was very natural for my kids to be themselves. It was also important for me because I knew that society would tell them who they had to that be in part. so many ways. That they've really, the number one part of my growth in my life has been my children because you have this, my favorite quote, it's actually my words from the heart, but I'm going to cheat and say it early, is my children are sovereign territories and if I'm not careful, I will colonize them. Even before hearing that quote, like I knew, what I did know was abusive situations. I knew what it looked like for people to be abusing and colonize in family dynamics, not even socially as black or whatever, but like how people overtake people's spaces mm-hmm. in a family, you know? And so even though I've seen pretty, I think I've seen very lenient at times for me, the relationship was always the most important piece. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want you to be, to not understand why I'm upset about this. Right. I don't want you to not know that this hurt me. And so I, 
we ha- we have had conversations about money and sex and things like that pretty early on as it came up naturally and organically. Mm-hmm. And even though they go to traditional schools, like I've always felt like conventional. I, conventional. I'm sorry, you're right. Thank you. Conventional. Because yeah. <laughs> you're right. Traditional is the way yeah, you're doing it. Right? That is, is that is the traditional. Yeah. Even though they go to conventional schools, I always chose those schools looking at like where's the flexibility mm-hmm. um, and what can I I knew I had a responsibility to teach in addition to what those schools were teaching. But also, like, they go to a school that's a visual arts magnet. We drive for that because I know art is a big part of how my children learn. Mm -hmm. So putting them in a space where art is, like, included in the history classes and the math classes, I know they'll learn best there than if I put them in, like, a highly gifted magnet. Mm -hmm. Because there, where there'll be no art, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't do well. So I think you find, one, you want your kids to be free. <laughs> you want them to be free. You want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just like, I get everything I want happy, but like happy within myself and I know how to make myself happy. And this has been a thing with me and my husband at times because like he doesn't understand that I feel like what I'm preparing them for is to be a, a full human mm-hmm. who can make decisions. So when everything went to shit in middle school for both of them, um, and grades were like shit. Everything is that what you mean by everything went to shit? Grades, not just grades, oh, okay. like relationships okay. with friends, okay. like relationship, like they went to these dark emo spaces. Got it you. was just, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. It was a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't panic. I didn't like it because I didn't feel like I didn't feel like they. It was like un, no man's land. It was like nebulous, mm-hmm. and that's what that age can feel like in general, even if you weren't in conventional school. Yeah, it's kind of necessary. And I, I remembered that. Yeah. I remembered that, you know, because I do therapy. So I knew kids are nebulous in this space. But I trusted that the relationship we built and the things we talked about yeah. would move them through those times. So I didn't press grades during that time, which is most parents would say, your grades would indicate if you're doing well as a person. I remember having a, a big one, a big moment of contention with their dad, who I'm not with. And it was over the phone. Mm-hmm. My youngest one wanted a phone. And my older one, she didn't necessarily need a phone. So it was like, okay. And, you know, the phone introduces all these other elements of, like, social media and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can have a phone when you get to this grade because at that point I can see more of the necessity and then the access to all these different worlds mm-hmm. and then we'll have all those conversations. And she was fine with that because she had a core group of friends and she seemed like, I don't, I don't really need all that drama anyway. Mm-hmm. But this one, the way she described the phone, the way she described what it meant to her, because I kept saying, well, why do you want this mm-hmm. phone? And you, and, you know, I'm not, I'm a sister, so I'm like, I don't like the rule that you get the same thing the same time your sister got it. Right. That shit sucks. Like, what if I'm, <laughs> right. di- I'm different than my sister? What yeah. if I need it sooner? And, but, you know, their dad was like, you know, she got it at this age, you'll get it at this age. And I was kind of, like, struggling with it a lot. And the way she talked about it, it felt like, she needed um, an, an access point. Mm. She needed a way to access other people in her life who weren't in the home, who could have been friends, who could have been my mom, who could have been my sister, who mm-hmm. could have been... And yes, those other things of like social media and the drama of that would come with it, possibly, because I'm not going to act like that's not. like These kids have backdoor ways to get into all these things. Like We're going to talk about what social media is like. We're going to talk about that's social That's kind of important. That's they need important that information. Yeah. So we can't avoid that forever. Yeah. And so this must be where we're supposed to talk about that. But I went in ahead and got her the phone. And it was a huge blow up. Yeah. Because 
then it was like, oh, you just are giving in, and I know you. It's hard. It's hard to manage, you know. And I'm like, it's not. I'm not doing this because it's like I'm having a tough time with her right now. I'm not. I'm not trying to win her. Yeah, favor. We had a real conversation. I'm hearing her, and I, and I heard, feel yes. like she needs a lifeline yeah. emotionally, and that this is the tool she's identified to give her that lifeline. And I just have to trust it. And it was really. It was really scary to do that, but it was the best decision. But that's relationship, right? Like you can think of yes. a different type of energy and process even with another adult. Or I think about it with business partners as an entrepreneur. Like a decision to collaborate is always such a big thing mm -hmm. for me because mm -hmm. I know how I am. I know how I get. I know my history, mm -hmm. all of these things, my baggage. Um but so much of it is about, like, what am I trusting in that moment? Because I don't know, ultimately. That's such a huge part of parenting. Like, we, we not even assume, we pretend that we know what's going to happen. You know, worst case scenario, usually those two things are tied in. We future trip about that. But really, we don't know. It's, this yeah. is just our perspective. But if we're able to use that discernment to say, I had a real conversation with my kid. And this is not about flossing with a phone. This sounds like something else, and I trust that. Those are the sort of things that we can do that are love-centered, that are like an unschoolish thing that you can do to say, yeah, I know that technically, you know, we said that you would get it here because you got it here, but we had a real conversation, yeah. and I feel like I heard, and no matter what somebody else is telling me about their perspective yeah. on it, I could recognize that as simply that, their perspective on it, which doesn't have the benefit of my intuition, yeah. my discernment, the yeah. magic that I have or from being even a even the consideration of the individual, right? Like, there's one thing, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Joel Pukram, but Joel mm -hmm. Pukram, she's really dope. She's an incredible um, doctor, and she studies the brain. She says that we can live forever. Mm. Um, but she studies melanated people, and she says that melanated children are adults around 14 or 15 years old. Mm. And when we look back in our traditional ways, if we're saying words like traditional, or we look into our indigenous practices, mm -hmm. we weren't 18. <laughs> we just weren't 18. No, no we weren't. You know, no, so we're when we're talking number. about where yeah. our, our brains are, yeah. where our development is, when we even see when the quinceanera is mm -hmm. or you know these things like why are why are why are we marking these moments she talks a lot about the melanated brain is different and when it's matured and i remember being 14 and 15 mm. and deciding like this is i'm grown same here it with doesn't... so many things that haven't shifted <laughs> now and i'm 41 <laughs> it's like i decided jada pinkett said that about <sighs> and, and she you said can he knew she knew he was going to move out and you, and you could 18. see it. But, you know, one of the things that mm. I want to acknowledge, too, from knowing the girls is even how you allow them to center their own beauty mm. is not something that um, conscious Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast. Yes, would hair. Do. Yeah. The, their hair, you let, like, you let them. They they are like they are they are making their she they didn't get in the way of no them, they are the beating their they faces they yes. are beating they are <laughs> they and I get a lot of shit for that I'm sure you I get, do I get a lot of shit I'm for sure that. yeah and I get, I mean I I think it makes me emotional and thank you so much you know it's so good to have a friend who's like been there the whole journey <laughs> because the journey to just trust myself in general but then yes. trust myself as a parent 
Is them it, little girls wanted to put on makeup when they were three. They want to be models <laughs> now. Yeah. And like, that's another point of contention. Cause I'm like, I know who you are. And if that's what you want to do, like, let's do it. But there's a lot of feeling of fear of like shame around how other folks in their family. Yes, because there's, enough, because there's a judgment enough, too, that we're thinking that to make a choice to, to center your beauty. Yeah. Right. Is, is a choice that's not intel. We're not right. intelligent. Yeah, it's, it's not, not academic. It's not, not political. <laughs> it's not yes. All of those yeah. things. So so much of our parenting. I, I just love this conversation because this is like all self-directed education and what it means to be free. Because so much of our parenting is centered around how you know other people judge our parenting. Like even in your ooh. home and in but your family, especially like, in your like, home, your mama, your daddy, like grandmama. We all start talking. It's like, like, oh shit! No, 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 no! No, for they real. They be judging me. They be judging me. And, and I mean, it's, it's true a, it's though. Real, listen, and I if mean, the I money is tied to the judgment, then it's even harder. I got emotional because it was a real. When I say it was a real war, and I was like. As their mother, I don't feel like I should have to war for this. Like, I don't feel like I should have to protect them in this way. Yeah. To just give them the space. And, like, I and I watch them, and it breaks me down so much. I hate that they even think about what other people think yeah. about them before they make these decisions. And I just feel like, you know, I know that's a part of life. It would yeah. be a part of life no matter what exactly. they were doing, right? Because mm-hmm. what we're actually talking about, no matter what we label it, is, like, being free to, like, Mother, the way we were intended to mother, parents, the way we were like love. Thank and you. Let them if we be. weren't centering whiteness and we weren't surviving shit, what would it look would like it look to like? live together intergenerationally? And it's a beautiful process. This is the thing we are missing out on the joy and the pleasure. I love who they're becoming. <sighs> I love watching it. It's freedom. It, you get to watch freedom. They teach you me get to. Shit. We were in the. Car. I talked about this. We were in the car, late as fuck, on the first day of school. Right. Already, that's something like <laughs> some mothers like, and I was like. Y'all, late, and I'm saying we late because I ain't gonna say who, but you can probably figure out. Just <laughs> putting on lashes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, you wanna wear lashes on the first day? Yes, the first day is important. They like, and they like, yeah. they like, they like they lashes nails. Lashes are important. <laughs> they like they nails. And some folks be like, they nail too long. And I, I mean, she can function with the nails. I got that so, with my now 13 year old. Right. Yes. I'm they like, like the nails. Fly. Yeah, it is You're what hating. it is. It's so fine. we, we, yeah. we late. And it's like <laughs> tense in the car, right? Because it's like one feeling like you made me late, the other feel like everybody blamed me. I'm not, I'm not trying to blame nobody. I'm just trying to have peace. And, our wait, gym. wait, just for all of those who have so many boys in their house who have to fight them to bathe, I feel like. <laughs> no, that's Christian. I'm just that's like, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having like, yo, you funky. It's yeah, onions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's onion, son. You smell like onions Crystal. and pickles. Shout out to Crystal Irby who talks about just this Shout out to people who don't have these problems quite yet. So we in the, yet, right? we in the, we in the car and like, it's just tense. And our song comes on. And our song happens to be T-Pain by you with Drake. Mm. It's a, it's a good song. It's a, right, did y'all see his Tiny right. Desk concert? I did not. You I know need... I have to see it. I Hello, see everyone. It. This is Akilah saying, please watch <laughs> T-Pain's Tiny Desk concert. It kids. will change your life. With your kids. Yes. So right. it comes on, and they look at me, and I look at them, and I was like, thank you, ancestors. And we just start, like, rocking it out, right? Yeah. On ooh, the beat. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. And, and she was batting them lashes. Batting them lashes. <laughs> And I posted it because I was like, me and my kids, we come together. 
over T-Pain buy you a drink. <laughs> yes, it's some problematic messaging. But I feel like... And we could talk about We could talk about that. Yes. These are my people. Yes. We can talk about any and everything. And I'm not a bad mother because of that. No. And we're complicated. So we're when complicated. my eight-year-old asked me last week, can you play Milkshake? I heard it on a commercial. <laughs> I like the beat. Can I you like play that? Beat. I was like, uh... What'd you say? I said, I'll play you the clean version. version. Right, but right. then when I listen to the lyrics, I'm like, it's not I the mean, same. this is coded. It's, yeah, it's a same. coded song. Yeah. And then I just started going into why do you like it? Yeah. Yes. I think you like it because of Pharrell. What? Pharrell's on this? Yeah, Pharrell produce. What's the producer? What do you have to do to see why I told you? See why I told you you have to keep playing piano? Because this is one thing. Like, yes. See, because you're in a position to offer him that because you know actual him. Because yeah. I know right? him. I'm a musician. I said, you don't, <sighs> I know you want to quit piano. I know you do. I did too. Yeah. But now that I look back, because we have the same career goals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. <laughs> you got my career goals. Yes. <laughs> so you, I, I wish now when I'm in a session that I could play piano. Yes. You're going to want to know how to play piano. It's going to suck this year. Yeah. Because you don't want to read music. And I feel you, dog. Like, I really do. But once he started hearing, like, oh, wait, Pharrell. Wait, okay. I said, do you know why you love Michael Jackson? You love Michael Jackson because of Quincy Jones. Mm. Quincy Jones is the one that's writing the music. So he had to write the music that you're learning. Oh, are you serious? And that's discernment, right? So that is parenting with that discernment yeah. and intuition with and the benefit. Yes, and the benefit of being able to witness, to be a witness to yeah. your kids. And it's saying you can yeah. quit when you want. And when you want has to be after 10. Because <laughs> by the time you get to 10... You have done good five years yeah. of understanding piano, sh- piano structure, understanding music structure, understanding theory. Yeah. That's five good years under your belt. You can quit then. And it's so connected to his interest in a way that you're developing this relationship each moment by moment because that's accountability. That's another one of those differences between the white mindset of unschooling as we see it yeah. versus like what happens for us. This is not, okay, you can quit because right. I don't want you to right. feel pain. No, I'm connecting with my whole self to your whole self. This is something that feels, so at the end of the, at 10, when you don't want to do it anymore and you have it under your belt and each year, each month, you're having conversation. If he brings it up 15 times, you're not shutting him down. Mm -hmm. You're bringing up another example of another artist that he loves and going into why. You're helping him to develop language around the underlying value behind something that he likes, which is critical fucking thinking, which most people don't even have, and they grown. Right. So all of these things, this is liberation work. Right. Because ultimately, the goal, the term I use is confident autonomy, Mm -hmm. right? We want young people who are autonomous, not in that they're dependent from their community, but that they don't need the validation of, but they also know how to be part of community, and they can do it with confidence, not competition or fear or letters behind the name or whatever, they do that stuff with confidence at the helm. I'm confident. I trust. I have tools. I have practices. I love myself. I am loved. I have lived experience that is valid because I fucking say it's valid. That's confident autonomy. So with that practice, whatever they end up doing, 
all of those skills and the knowing of a mama who didn't let me quit, right? right? As opposed to a mother who forced me to do. Right. That difference, that's the difference between a liberated mindset and just letting your kids do what the yes, fuck, you know. Because the option too, right? So I think, you know, to to parents or even to the self, right? Like because I have lots of homies who want to get shit done, yeah. but don't have the discipline, right? And you so know, I'm not one of those. <laughs> for the record, <laughs> no, I'm your friend. Yeah. I get shit done. Passion planner or not. So, but one of the things that I do when you're not feeling something, okay, you're not feeling this, great. But I really do think that discipline is an important thing. Yeah. So, what are ways that what can we do to make you feel it? Yeah. What are ways to make this more exciting? Yeah. Do you want to start? Okay, so we do 15 minutes of learning theory, and then you do 30 minutes of making beats. Like you make beats, you turn on logic, yeah. you and you record. You record your music because that's what you really want to do. Yeah. Right? And you but you need these 15 minutes of skills to do this this yes. 30 45 minutes of of like just being creative, right? And I'm going to be your support system to facilitate that because you're in a space now at this stage in your journey where it'll be a lot easier for you to just pivot towards something else. So my role here isn't an enforcer, but in a sense, it, it's a facilitator. I'm yeah. facilitating that that let's figure out how to make and I'm saying it for adults too because yes. I do my own internal things like this. I don't want to do this thing. Yep. How I don't, this basic, base. I, I don't want to do these dishes. Yep. What can I do to make these dishes an exciting thing that I want to do? Because they need to get done. They need right. to get done. It's yes. life. Or how can, who can I barter with to do this for something else or whatever the right. thing is. Right. This is the life skill that's inherent in here for, for anyone, not just for kids. I love that you brought that up because yeah. we do it all the time. So one of the fears that we have around that not enoughness is discipline. If my kid does whatever they want, then they won't be disciplined. Lies, lies. Mm -hmm. That's a fear of freedom because mm -hmm. anything that you're interested in. You're like, going to be disciplined. Yeah, I challenge people all the time. Tell me something. Name something. These Name kids it. are 15-year-olds hacking Anything. major companies because they focused because they wanted to and they found out anything 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 where you're interested so, in has a bunch of other shit that you're not gonna want to do i want a nice house yeah. i want anything so that's not something we have to simulate what we need to do is help develop tools for managing that so just as you said if it's the dishes you know for me it's like you know i geek out over audio i want to spend five hours editing one podcast episode i actually want to but i can't because <laughs> right. it's every week right so then i have to be like okay don't have a laptop anymore don't have an ipad pro because i'm not there yet if mm -hmm. i have an ipad pro i'm gonna fucking use it for like mm -hmm. you know audio beasting mm -hmm. okay get an ipad mm -hmm. that's my accountability process mm -hmm. okay only have audacity regular ass audacity that you could only just cut the audio like this a little mm -hmm. bit blah blah also my income my income needs to be increased so that i can go into a studio mm -hmm. so that i could send it to Juan. So with all of those things, and they have things I don't want to do, so it means I got to work more or increase my prices. Or, but they're all tied to this one goal of, what I just do want to play with audio. Right. What you do want. Yes. So it's the same thing with kids, exactly what you're doing with your son. Okay, theory. Mm -hmm. Okay, critical analysis of what you mm -hmm. actually are hearing here. Yeah. How do you do, okay, reading music. Okay, playing piano. That's the same thing we do. Okay, I got to fucking learn WordPress. Okay, I'm going to take this Zoom webinar on how to actually right. use Zoom. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, we're going to sign this contract to hold it. We but it's do all centered on things. the fact that you want the thing at 
that you want the thing. And this yeah, is the thing that's, that's a often human by desire, thing. By desire. It's desire. It's basic. It's primal yeah. as fuck. It's not tied to school, but we think so. Yeah. So that's where that not enoughness comes from. But it's it's a fallacy. It isn't true. The more you get to witness being around free people, yeah. especially when they're young, you just shed so much colonization and yeah. that not enoughness is a major There's so many. One. That, when you watch a child make a movie, this is what my, my partner said. He's like, these kids, like they, we, we're, we make films, right? Like we're making films. And he's like, you know, you call someone up like, and they're like, oh, we have to have like, oh, I, I we have to have a meeting to discuss <laughs> if I'm going to be yeah. a part of it. That's yeah. where it starts, right? We have to have the meeting to discuss if we're going to, to even commit, yep, and the meeting and, gonna be too long. And yeah, and we have mm-hmm. to have we're, we have to have the the craft services, and <laughs> we have to have this, and we have to have that, and we have to have someone who's keeping us on time and on track. Like they've done they've, they've done the movie. The movie. They, they did done the, the second movie. version the of the movie. My, my children just did Dora the Explorer. Mm. Uh, they didn't have a pink shirt, so they no. took her pink shirt that had uh, some other character and turned it inside out. Simple. <laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> it's pink. It's peak, you could you could peek through. She looked like Dora to me. So problem solving, <laughs> all of these working in collaboration with different personalities, limited needs, but you this know, is limited free, resources. It's a free thought. There, and I'm watching them like, yo, I'm making this shit mad complicated. <laughs> That's what my girls say about adults all the time, especially say she be like, I can't with y'all. You make she overthink. Yeah, she's like, adults complicate. They shit say that. So they say much. they say it ain't even all that. And it's not even all yes. that. We think it's the worst case scenario. She I, finds I it so fascinating. Mm-hmm. She finds it so. So she's like, y'all do all. And Marley says it too. So y'all did all the school and stuff and everything. And you still arrive at, let's do these 45 things to get to the, Like she laughs yeah. about that. And I'm like, you're so right. right. I was thinking a challenge to our listeners could be, right? Whether you, because you may not have children. This may not be. And we haven't, we've talked about how to apply this even if not. But I would, I would love for our listeners to think about, whether you have children or not, how differently you feel like your life would have been or how differently you would feel had you been unschooled. Yeah. Right? Like, what decisions have you, would you have made differently? What, what passion were you, like, here to explore and knew at an early age that you were derailed from? Mm-hmm. Most people can tell you that immediately. Immediately. Because this is what I immediately. start with this all the time. And people will go, I mean, the most staunch and then do it now. schoolers they're just like, And then oh. do it now. Do it now. Like, think about how you can undo those. All these things can be undone. I want you all to know that. Mm. All these, because, you know, at times I've been like, damn, I should have unschooled. But then I was like, I can still unschool my kids right now. Like, I, I can create an unschooling relationship with them. I have school, you know me. School can just be something they go do. Right, exactly. Yeah. So my You just got to be really intentional about the We want the you all to know that the all things these that happen things. there that you got to unfucking do. That's yeah. the hard part for us. We're like, we can't do both. Right. But some people can. Right. Yeah. But if you're already in it, you know, if you're already in these spaces, it starts by just knowing you're in that. And then thinking about, like, if I hadn't been raised... Like, we, I talk about this with gender all the time. Mm. You know, people have, like, genders just so... If you were raised in a society that said there were four genders, you wouldn't give a shit <laughs> about the fact that people want to have an extra... Like, to have, like, other genders on the... You wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. But you give a shit because you was in a society that said there were two. Yeah. like, there has to be two. Yeah. It's like, if I just, un, like, redid your whole life and yep. told you there were four, you would believe there were four. So, like, thinking about that... And then beginning to unschool yourself first, like yeah. you were talking about, like thinking about 
I think about now, like having that summer off, like how can, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I don't have to live this way. Yeah. Like how can I carry this into every part of my life now? Yeah, I have a resource for that. It's called a de-schoolers reading list. And my oh, friend awesome. Zakia Ismail, who's based in Johannesburg, runs Growing Minds, um, longtime unschooling mama. Um, she, if you just Google that, the de-schoolers reading list, but her website is growingminds.co.za. And um, that's a really good space for when you are doing that sort of work, mm-hmm. you know, of thinking about what your life might have been like if you were free. Like, even if you don't even use the term unschool, but if you just had the space to think and act upon more of your own thoughts yeah. as a younger person, how might your life be different? And I'm going to add to this. You know, one of the great things about, you know, Thea's talks a lot about narrative. Mm-hmm. One of the healing things that I've done in life is to rewrite my narrative. Mm-hmm. Your childhood sure. is not your childhood. It's, right. it's right now you're remembering the last time you remembered, the last time you remembered, the last <laughs> time you remembered your childhood, right? Yes. We're always remembering the last memory. And so you're actually very far away from what that childhood was that imprint so you can just write a new legend mm. you know that's that's something to seeing where you were unschooled yeah there, there's I'd like for people to look through those paths and not but just there, look for so so don no. quixote mm-hmm. like in don quixote he basically says erase your your past mm-hmm. and rewrite it mm-hmm. right yeah. so you can rewrite the freedom that you grew up in yeah. you can literally take a pen I was raised like this, and this happened, and yeah. I learned about this in this way. Yeah. You can do that. That's the mind. And, the and mind you can also yes. you can also go back and plant see a that. different perspective of it. Because mm-hmm. I find with my students sometimes, like you learn, you remember a certain version, but knowing what you know now, yep, yeah, what does that look like? And they're like, uh, maybe that wasn't all that. Yeah, yep. but when you were eight, it was all that. Yes, everything was about your mom and not letting you do X, Y, and Z. Now that you're twenty eight, you're like. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't that. So yeah. really, like, there are times when they're, like, you can look at the same past, the same issue that you let, you know, hold you down for so long, and now you look at it with a different understanding, and it wasn't what you thought it was, no. yeah. you know? Yeah, my, my mom actually gave me so much access to spirituality for me to choose, mm-hmm. but in my mind, I remember just going to Catholic school mm-hmm. and, and catechism. Mm-hmm. Yes. But when I look back, I was I was like, dang, my mom bought me this huge thing that I hung on my wall with someone meditating with their chakras mm-hmm. aligned. Like she was like, I don't know what this is, but it seems like you. Yes. <laughs> and how beautiful that she was yes. able to see you yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's time to wrap it up. I don't want that. to. I don't want. I don't want to wrap so it up. We can keep talking for this, this is, is a day long situation with. Snacks. But yeah. <laughs> we're going to do our words from the heart. Um, I'm going to do my words first. Um, this is a quote that I've been working with since I met my wonderful, the wonderful person I walk through life with and have many, many children with, <laughs> which is um, freedom is the ability to have options. And so mm-hmm. that's been my working definition of what freedom is since I met him to give myself those options, to give other people options. When I'm thinking about being a free person, not limiting myself to one thought, but to begin to think about all of these other options that there are. So anytime I say, well, this is what I want to do, or this is how it could happen, he always says, what are the other options? Hmm. What are the other options? How are other ways that this day could play out? How are other ways that we could schedule this? What are all the options? Let's look at all of them, and then let's choose. 
And once we have that choice, we're free, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's that for me, us talking about freedom, that's really what this all has been about. Yes. I'm going to repeat my quote, my favorite quote <laughs> from you, and I'm going to add to it because the quote, um, my children are sovereign territories, and if I'm not careful, I will colonize them. I believe you can say my friends are sovereign territories, my yes. parents, my siblings, my partner. I am a sovereign territory, and if I'm not careful, I'll let people colonize me. I think it applies so many ways to understand and really acknowledge the that each one of us is the universe's greatest conspiracy, the amount of events and people that had to transpire for each individual person to be here at this particular time means we should treat that like something sacred, like that being here, that large, vast conspiracy and, and the, the, you know, just the design of it all, right? Grandparents from different continents meeting at different times through different ways and different spaces and different places all to be here right now. Mm. And so none of us have the right to violate that mm. in any capacity. And doing so is getting in, in the way of the universe's design. Yes. Um, so I just want us to all remember that so we can hold each other up as sacred, sovereign, designed by the universe beings. Yes. Oh, thank you all for that. I'm still feeling through all of that. It feels <laughs> really good. Um, I th- the word that is really present is oppress, mm-hmm. right? So in terms of from the heart, thinking about oneself um, in the ways that oppression is happening to you, um, in the ways that you may be allowing it, because sometimes mm-hmm. that's the case, and then also in the ways that you might be the oppressor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To... Um, do some examination around all of that because one of the main benefits of our unschooling practice is that I have so much space to examine and pivot. You know, mm-hmm. the things that I would do when we went on vacation or whatever, I, I hate that word now, like mm-hmm. hate, and I, I don't like to use the word hate, but I mean it for this one. Um, those things that we feel like we have to get to some sacred space in order to do mm-hmm. can be normal, yes. can be easily accessible. And a part of how I developed and continue to develop that practice is through oppression, looking at all of those ways on it. How do I cause it? Um, how do I allow it? How is it completely out of my control? And what? How do I respond or react to that? How's that showing up in my life, in my relationships? Mm-hmm. So I would offer that, you know, oppression as something to examine outside of whatever narrative you've been told. Really personalize it, right? Because then hopefully some pivoting can can start mm-hmm. to happen in the direction of um, what feels like free, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I just want to say y'all are welcome. This was a bomb I, I just want to say I appreciate you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, and I appreciate y'all too. Yeah, I can do we this appreciate forever. this. This is so easy and good, and I'm getting so much and other thoughts. Like, Stop writing. <laughs> you you really have like expanded my own mind, and I'm sure folks that are listening, please once again, can you tell them where to find find you and yes. your work? Thank you. So raisingfreepeople.com is the easiest place to go. 
my podcast is there, Fair of the Free Child, um, access to my writings, my newsletter, mm -hmm. which will take you through um, like the very beginning. You get to choose what path you want to go down. You want the whole story with all mm -hmm. the spiritual <laughs> shit, or you just want to focus on SDE, on self-directed education, raisingfreepeople.com. Yeah. And your Patreon. Which yes. is dope. You get a lot of updates. She's better <laughs> Thank at that you than for I am, that. for sure. Yes, Patreon yeah. is very much the, I love that model, you know, that mm -hmm. way. Um, every tier offers the same thing because more money doesn't give you more access. So Absolutely. if you just go to patreon.com forward slash Akila, A-K-I-L-A-H, um, you'll see what that community looks like. And if it feels like a good fit from what you read, come on through. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Akila. Thank you to everyone listening. Please share this episode. I mean, I think... I think I think I need to hear it again. They're, they're welcome. <laughs> Listeners, you're so welcome. Because we've been wanting to share Akila with you for a while. So And I want all her plans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks y'all. Much love.